Yeah, hello? Yes. Yeah, I'm looking for an artist. Oh, okay. I'm looking for an artist. Alright. Yeah. <laughs> and then my training kicks in. What's up, Jeff? I'm good. Wait, man. oh, can we have a drum roll? Oh yeah. And then can you do me your special drum roll? My special drum roll. If you have any. Uh, this is looking for artists. We have an artist. His name is Jeff. He doesn't Hello. fart. No, he doesn't. He does his art. Bop, ba bop, ba ba bop, ba ba bop. We're here. Hello. Whoa, that was yeah, nice. I just didn't know when that and you're was. articulate with your beats. Yes, I am. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay, question of the day is, if you could wake up uh-huh. on Saturday morning and be any animal for the weekend, for the oh boy, <laughs> wow, what animal would you be? Let's see. And what would you do? Okay, so if I was to be any animal, I think I'd go for a pig right now. <laughs> I think I would. And what would you do as a pig well, for see, Saturday and Sunday? I found out that pigs, one, they're smart, so, you know, we'd explore. And then I also found out that pigs are the only animal that can find truffles. In nature. Mm-hmm. Whoa. So there, there's, a, there's a lady, apparently, who is famous in the city for her pigs upstate who go into the forest, find truffles, and then she sells them, makes a ton of money in the city. And she's just known for that. That's so cool. Yeah. Her job is to go walking her pigs to find truffles and then... And they don't Five eat star them? and Michelin starred red... No, they don't. They just find them. So I would just go hunting for gold. And then by the end of the weekend, I, when I turn back to a human, I have all these truffles. <laughs> That's great. Because I'd assume that I'd be allowed to keep them. Like, yeah. Know. Or you'd be well fed at least. Yeah. Or at least I would know where they are so that when I turn to a human, then I can just go hiking and spend yeah. the day out there and not feel like it's a waste. I mean, it's never a waste really when you go hiking and you can go by yourself. It's nice imagine to if like, city. imagine if pigs had the same evolutionary history as wolves, as far as like domestication. What would mm-hmm. like, do, like fully domesticated pigs look like? Well, we like have if those pigs now. were pets for for like hundreds of thousands of years, what would they start to like look like and do? Their legs would be longer. They'd be fluffier, probably. Yeah. They wouldn't make the weird squealing sound because it's not as cute as a bark. Yeah, I've or it'd be really pig. subdued. Yeah. And they'd be like up here with yeah. their legs like down here. Exactly. Yeah. That's hilarious. They would. Oh, question about the truffle pigs. Yeah. Are they also eaten when they are too old or hurt? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I don't know if she's willing to like disclose that information. Oh. Because maybe, maybe, uh, maybe she breeds them. And then sells the pigs to people. Because if that's like, if your if your breadwinner has like an expiration date or like a a life lifespan, then I guess that's something she has to consider. Yeah, like I don't a racehorse. Yeah. If I ever get a pig, I'm gonna name it Sea Biscuit. 
Wasn't Sea Biscuit like the really small horse that won, but it was just because of like its its spirit. I always find it interesting yeah. when there's movies that come out and they find a way to convey the animal's feelings. Right. That's right. very difficult to it's do. It's difficult, especially because I think a lot of the times they're not using the same animal in every shot. Right. It's they what what movie was that? It was I think it was a dog movie, but they used multiple dogs right. playing the same dog. And it was like main character. Yeah. Homeward Bound? They used a different cast for like multiple shots. For different dogs. For the different dogs and cat. It's been a while since I've watched that movie. It's me too, but I've had this conversation recently. That's the only reason I remember. Like Milo or something. I, I think it's one of them. Yeah. Anyway. Like Spirited Away. That was good, but it was animated, so it was easier. Mm-hmm. You could make the emotions appear on uh right. animals' face. Spirited Away I just watched for the first time like a year ago. Two years, I was I was spirited away. Right? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, this series, looking mm-hmm. for artists, yeah. is about exploring the artists that are among us in the city. Very nice. They've been here. We know them, and we know that, but other people may not. Mm-hmm. So I know you. You know. Me. I may ask you some questions that I already know the answers to, but I want people to know about Jeff. Oh, that's cool. We say Uncle Jeff, but you do. They're not on that level yet. No. You're not on that level yet. Maybe one day, guys. Yeah. We'll see. Uncle Jeff, where are you from? I am born and bred in New York. I'm from the Heights, Washington Heights specifically. Lately, um, people moving in have tried to call it Wahai. It's not sticking. We're just going to call it the Heights. Wahai? Mm-hmm. That's like more difficult to say than Washington Heights. Exactly. So we just say, you know, we're from the Heights. Yeah, the Heights. Yeah, it works. Did you see in the Heights? It's really, is it really bad if I say that I haven't seen it yet? At all. Mm. It's like, it was, I think it was actually my first musical I saw on Broadway. I'm going to say that my excuse for not seeing it is that I want to see it live. So I'm refusing yeah. to see the film versions. That's a good, so I'm just going to go with yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Um, one thing that I took away from that production, yeah. which was really cool, was their detail to their costuming. Because it was like supposed to be a super hot summer New York night, mm-hmm. and so they had like spray painted or not spray painted, but they like squirted like sweat stains. Oh. Their like shirts were wet, you know, and they were obviously sweating because they were doing backflips and stuff. Right. It was very specific, like in the crease of their pectorials. Right, because they like, wanted to make it a certain aesthetic. Yeah, it was cool. Um, okay, so from you're from Wahai. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, I can't boy. even do it. <laughs> You're from Washington Heights. Yeah. And have you ever moved out of the city? No. Uh, I was born at Columbia Presbyterian, which is in the Heights. And then um, I'm still there to this day. Although I'll probably move in the next uh, year or so. Where? Wherever the rent takes me. Oh. I think that's a fair assessment in New York. Yeah. Wherever the rent takes me, yeah. I thought you meant out of the... Oh, no. I want to be in the city. This is a very... I love this city. It's so good. What do you love most about the city? Well, for me, I think the thing I love the most is that it is a city where, I guess, if you if you go into autopilot, which is what most New Yorkers do, right? Mm-hmm. You love the convenience of a lot of things. Everything's... If you want something from a different culture, if you want something from like a different walk of life, you just have to go to a different section of the city. Not yeah. to mention that it stays open past 10 or 11 or 12 o'clock. Right. Things about early morning. Right. And 
that's something that apparently is very limited in other um, cities. And it's not even, if you really think about it, it's not even just limited in the sense like, like, oh, no, these stores will close early. The stores that stay open are usually a very specific type of store. Whereas in New York, the type of store that stays open till like, yeah. odd hours of the morning are different and varied. And so I think I like that yeah. the most. And then if you decide to remember that you are in New York City, the argued capital of the world, um, then you can take full advantage of that, you know. You can go sightseeing, you can see monuments, you can right. be inspired to do bigger things. So it's a place where, like, if you want to disappear, you can. But not so much that if you decide you want to reappear, you're not, like, having to travel an hour into another mm-hmm. metropolitan. You're already here. Yeah. But do you think that, also on the flip side, that maybe not for people that were born and raised here, mm-hmm. but for transplants like me... Mm-hmm. Transplants. I've never heard that before. Like people that, yeah, were just transplanted from a different city. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's different because I went to school and I, I think I built a community, found a community, maybe a community found me mm-hmm. there, and I'm grateful for them. But some people don't have that. Some people right. just move here to like try to make it work. Right. Do you think it's hard for those types of people to find community? Or is community easily accessible in NYC? No, I think it's a little difficult. I think that at first, if you if you move into a neighborhood, you know, it depending on what neighborhood it is, it can be either easy or very difficult to get to know the people who are in the neighborhood, especially if they've been there for a while. You know, you are you become an outsider. Hmm. Um, I think that enough people move into this city that the first or second year veterans who've transplanted kind of recognize that, oh, if you're trying to, you know, get your foothold, go to this spot, go to this spot. So there's plenty of casual networking situations that you can find yourself in. You kind of just have to be willing to take that first step, especially if you're coming in, um, like, just off rip. Yeah, and what I'm trying to do right now, like, what, six and a half maybe seven years in is keep that attitude every day or at least with every impulse that I have to like explore a new pocket Mm -hmm. of the city or like if I have an interest to do a certain thing to just do it but taking that first step and being the outsider for the first however long Mm -hmm. or realizing that everybody's had that feeling right like it's it's kind of like opening up this city in new ways to me yeah oh I live in New York city whoa right it's it's a statement that people make like oh you're from new york and then there's you know obviously in their minds they think of broadway they think of like all the um the main the main attractions that make new york city what it is but for a new yorker especially after you've lived here for a while you know you know it's the it's the basic thing it's the same shared feeling when the subway skips the local stops and gets you to your next like (laughs) immediate stop you're just like you know that's the thing that makes you a new yorker that's the thing yeah. that makes the city great is that you can yeah. you relate to the city you understand its heartbeat you understand its flow and it's not a it's not it's it, it's not a thing that becomes um, just shocking it's like it's just your vibe it's the, it's the speed that you walk at don't they say New Yorkers walk fast we do say that. I think walk comparatively fast. yeah yeah but I think that that they did it on like Mythbusters once. And, oh really? Yeah, and they proved that it is true, but the the margin of like the difference mm-hmm. wasn't that 
great. It was like, I think we're 1.2 strides faster per block or something, per minute. I don't know. I think that, make, that only makes a difference if you catch the train or not. Yeah, I, I, I timed it, and I'm pretty much like um, a minute. A minute's like the most per block that I did. Oh, when you walk? Yeah. I don't really count mine. I don't, I don't know mine. It's interesting. Because the city is like basically a grid. Yeah. Unless um, you go to West Village. Yeah. Or here. Queens. Oh, yeah. That's true. It's like a, Queens, it's yeah. like a knot. It's not a grid. Of like yarn. Or like yeah. earbud cables. Yeah. Freemasons did not design Queens. No. <laughs> Yo. Question for you. Yeah. Um, where... Where did you get the artist that's that I know? That's oh, Jeff. Oh boy. Well, it started like most in high school. There was a step team that was in high school. I didn't know about it. Um, and then I was sitting outside of a uh, of my class. Like uh, I think it was my first or second period. And it was our math class, and I was sitting next to a girl who I had a crush on, and who had a crush on me. And um, she looked at me and was just like, we were talking about teams in the, in the school, and she brought up the step team, and she said just a few simple words. She was like, I think you would look good stepping. Hmm. And then, of course, the, the young guy in me was like, holy crap, this is, oh, oh this is my end. This is what I'm going to do. So I think the next month or whenever the time lapsed, I went to the, uh, the tryout. And the tryout was very physical. It was uh, consisted of... of uh, you know, running up and down our stairs, and our school building was um, Whoa. eight stories. Whoa. Yeah. So we had to run from the basement all the way up to the seventh floor, sometimes to the eighth floor, push-ups, sit-ups, crunches, um, and then learn choreography. And then that was over the course of two days, so it seems like a lot. But So were the stairs done as like a warm-up or like a finisher? Yeah, I think it was part Punishment? of like a filtering process. It was kind of oh. just like if you... Hmm. It was a, it was the mental aspect like how badly did you want to join this team how what lengths were you willing to go through to uh, to endure to be a part of this team and so then after learning a couple of steps and making the team I was hooked uh, it was just the the feeling of uh, when my feet hit the ground hmm. and my hands made a rhythm and doing that with the people who were next to me, it would just get louder and louder and louder. And it was just one of those things where it's just like, I'm doing this, I'm making this sound, I'm making this impact. And um, I don't know, I think it made me really aggressive. And that's what I liked about it. Whoa. Yeah. Like, so it, so what you, what you felt or gained from stepping yeah. kind of carried over into your life? Yeah, there's a, there's a confidence that, that comes from, um, from stepping. It's a, First, it's like it was uh, established by historically black Greek letter organizations. Um, it was a way for these organizations to instill pride in themselves and tell the history of black people in America. And so a lot of the moves that these divine and organizations do are traditionally based. There's very clear moves that they do and they tell very specific stories. And it's a lot of... Um, a lot of culture invested into it, so it's more than just it's more than just movement um, to this community. It's about um, reflecting on where where this community has come from. So if you ever go to a step show, you'll you'll see a lot of organizations 
do calls. We call them calls or chants, and those chants will give history about the organization or um, give a spiel about what the organization believes in, and then they go into the stepping. Now, oh, so the calls are with words. Yeah, exactly. They'll cool. introduce who they are, what they do, what hmm. they're about, and then boom, they'll get into the stepping. Yeah. Um, Whoa! I actually I went to um, you know that show America's Best Dance Crew. Yeah. I when? got obsessed with the Jabberwockies uh-huh. and started dancing with my brother a lot. <laughs> And like was trying, I was trying to do all of it, you know, with yeah. no no knowledge of what I was doing. It just hurt, so I quit. But <laughs> I saw them, you yeah. know. I went because they came through Chattanooga for some random reason, or Atlanta. So oh, I went they to, did a tour. That's they right. To, yeah, they did a tour, and I went to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And they actually had some local high schools come from in. Atlanta come in and do this. Yeah, I remember the chance now. Yeah, and they briefly tell you like mm-hmm. about what what yeah. they're about. And they do right. And they're aggressive. They yep. go in. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of power that goes into it, and it's it's a. It comes mm-hmm. back to the idea that like when you step on that stage, you become a different type of animal. You can be shy, and this is what I used to tell people when they would uh, try out for my team when I was captain. I would tell them like you can be, the introvert that you want to be. Like we're not changing your personality when you join the team. We're just when you get on that stage, you become something different. You become what the idea of the team is. You become this raw power that releases itself in, in waves with the people who are next to you and you make an impression. It's why a lot of times if you if you watch a step show on like a, a media platform, it's not as impressive because the sound bites get, you know, they get reduced. Um, you don't get to hear the full boom. But if you ever see someone step live, it's something entirely different. Mm-hmm. You feel mm-hmm. the, the presence, you feel the force and so, um, like literally you can feel, you it. can really feel like they shake the floor you right. know? when they clap, they split the air. And so if you have 15 to 20 people doing that at the same time, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm you're, you're, you're there. Hi. Wow. Right. I remember watching it and this was my first time ever digesting something like this. Yeah. Cause I had, I knew that it existed, but I never had been there. Yeah. And I remember th- like looking at or not literally looking, but thinking about my own body. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like if I learned this, yeah. I could make sounds like this. Yeah. Like this is like really powerful stuff. Yeah. Like I could do this. It doesn't require... It made me think about how fragile I was. <laughs> like I probably should drink more milk if I wasn't well, no, if, if, if most people, when they step for the first time, you don't want them to check their legs because they end up seeing significant bruising on their legs and stuff. But after a while, you get used to it. Those bruises go away. On your what? Like, because from hitting it? Exactly. If you're hitting your chest or your legs, you're going to start to see bruises there. Yeah. And so people, first time, they're just like, what's going on? And then, you know, you're just like, don't worry. Give it a couple days. The swelling will go down or the bruises will disappear. But the muscle memory won't. Right. So when you go back three days later and you want to do the step, it's still in your system. And I think that's one of the reasons that I, I really got hooked to step is that I could step anywhere. I'd be stepping in class and like moving my feet. I'd be on the toilet. Mm. It would actually help with those some of the time. You know, it relaxes your muscles, ironically. Or like isolates the movements. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was like tap dancing for a high school musical. Yeah. I, not high school musical, Disney's. High right. School, yeah. But for a <laughs> high school musical. Yeah. I would tap dance like in my classes. Right. At, uh, sitting at the desk. Exactly. Yeah. You're, just, you're just moving there and you don't even need to be loud because the impact just reverberates and you can feel it 
Like you can you can just move your body and you'll feel the rhythm. Oh, uh, okay. You know you'll be on tempo. Okay, so I'm not gonna jump ahead. I'm gonna ask this question because <laughs> okay. it's obvious the way you're talking. But yeah, w- with everything in my life that I've found where I can I can find parale- parallels as far as like finding a strength mm-hmm. or a confidence in a certain thing that yeah. bleeds into my life. Mm-hmm. I want to share that. I love sharing that. Mm-hmm. Like part of that is like I get. Like, this is what this is. I get confidence from you being confident in what you do, and I'm trying to share that right now. So do you, like, you obviously share this. You teach. I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? When did that start? Where, where did you get the idea for that? So I started an Instagram, and I named it Step With Jeff because I realized that I didn't want to um, use a nickname or use a, uh, I guess it's called a nickname. Fake name, nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted it to be associated with me, hmm. and so first I was just posting videos of me stepping on Instagram, um, and then I stopped for a while because of just you know changes in, in frequency and availability. And last year I decided to be more consistent, so I started posting small tutorials, and I felt that Instagram was the platform for it because it was just long enough that you could learn. A piece or a rhythm from the video but not too long that mm. you felt like you had to commit um, extraordinary amounts of time to it oh, a lot yeah. of people when they see stepping for the first time they think it's extremely difficult so they won't watch a five-minute tutorial because it's five minutes of sitting down watching pausing it and reviewing it so like 10 15 minutes altogether really like, yeah yeah so with these videos you know you're watching it for 60 seconds and by the end of the 60 seconds you should be able to pick it up and that's the idea. Whoa. Yeah. And if you can't, then I didn't do my job in the 60 seconds. But that's the idea. Did you proof it? Did you te- like test it? Have people... I did, yeah. I had people learn it in 60 seconds. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'd yeah. be like, hey, listen, put your foot out here, foot out here, clap here, and repeat it, and then here we go. And it worked. I think hmm. some of them, as I got excited with the idea, I started um, reducing how much I put in the video because I started putting in stuff that would take way longer than 60 seconds. <laughs> It'd be like three minutes, and you're just like, wait, let me repeat this again, or, um, you know, let me go back to it. And I think that the value in it is that it was it was a small amount of time mentally to commit to learning something. But if you learned it, and then if you did it, it would make you want to do more and learn more. And so then mm. I started to um, classify the pieces so that you could tell which one was a beginner piece, which one was a an intermediate piece, which one was an advanced piece. Cause How'd you do that? I'm just putting a like cover on like the video. Easy mm-hmm. or beginner? Yeah, be beginner, intermediate, advanced, and you can see that on the the um the preview of what the mm. video was about. Wow. So somebody if like they come to my Instagram for the first time, they just have to scroll and read which one's beginner and advanced and so then clear. kind of like classes you can pick which one you want to go to first if you feel like you've done the beginner ones you can push yourself to an advanced or an intermediate one um and then of course to remind people that i can step and it's not just beginner movements i'll put a video every now and then that shows um a little bit more of my my abilities okay so obviously regardless of whether or not you live in the city follow step with jeff Mm -hmm. step with 
J E F F. Yeah, yeah, that's a great Instagram name. I'm tr- I'm still trying to figure out how to turn it into an image because you know logos are, are a thing. I tried to yeah. turn the the four or the twelve letters into a waffle. I don't know why I thought a waffle would work. Like a waffle that you eat. Yeah, just like a, the design would be a waffle because it like the oh, letters yeah. and stuff with Jeff could form like a nice little square. Ooh. And I thought about a waffle, but the design that I came out with didn't look like a waffle. What so did it look like? <laughs> It looked like stuff with Jeff, just words that were piled on top of each other. It's like going into a, like you're watching a a cooking video and you're like, oh, I can make this. You put it in the oven, it comes out. You're like, that's not what I put in there. So did you make an actual waffle? I probably should have. Oh. made the entire experience more. That could be cool. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. I'm bouncing around with a lot of bad names because my name's so common that Right, Jeff is a very common name, and I was just like, oh, yeah. maybe it, that's, I wanted to use a nickname at first, because I was like, okay, how are people going to remember? But then I realized the most important thing about me, remembering me wasn't the name, it was what I did. So right. stepping, right. so step with Jeff became more important, because it was like, this is what you're doing. You associate the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember having this discussion with you in yeah. Paul Laner. Paul Laner, that weird name for that weird bar. Oh after yeah. After that party, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, Cox party. Yeah. It's just one. Of, it's like why? Just, yeah, why? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so your passion is step. Mm-hmm. Is your passion also teaching it? Yes. So my goal is to elevate the creativity that comes into the stepping community. I think that one of the one of the greatest things about the stepping community is that steps are passed down. Um, I just posted a video where I made the step in two thousand and seven, and the team that I was on in high school performed it two weeks ago, and it's it's kind of like a song. You know, if you want to go hit hmm. an old album, you just pull out the, I guess now you just pull out the the playlist and then you go. So it's the same with step. Is that right. if you want to do an old step the step didn't change. There's no music associated with it. So if you remember it, you remember the step itself. I mean, what's cool about that is that for you, you can see your impact. I can, yeah. Like as a musician, like I can't necessarily see when people listen to something. I can watch the plays go up. Yeah. It's kind of different because they have to remember that. Yeah, but you can see it if they they do a cover or if they, you know, re-sing your songs. And it's the same. Like they're doing a step that I created... And the thing behind that is that it's not only that they're hmm. doing it, they learned it. Right. Which means they learned how to step by doing something that I created. That's so cool. And so the idea is that if I put up enough of these videos, I can create a, a space where steppers feel comfortable taking classes from other people who aren't on their team. Um, one thing that I've noticed in my time as a stepper is that it's a very um, disconnected community at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of step teams like to treat their steps like it's a an athletic playbook. You you would never see uh, the Lakers go up to the Knicks and say, well, not only because of records, but you would never see them go to another team and say, hey, let me see what your defense looks like or let me see what your offense looks like. Uh, steppers treat it the same way. They don't want to post their videos of them stepping or have take like have people come to practices because they don't want those steps used against them in a competition. Oh yeah. But the downside to that is that if your team doesn't have strong steppers or people who have really strong experience stepping, you, the success of the team and the, the, the education of the team is limited by whoever's available. 
So why right. limit their growth by not sharing the knowledge that you have? So the idea with my the classes that I host in the city is that it's open to anybody who wants to learn. If you come from a different step team, it's even better because um, you're you're going to push yourself as a stepper. You're going to learn a different style. You're going to learn techniques you might not know. And if anything, at least you'll be able to network. You know, dancers, they get better because they take dance classes. Mm-hmm. They train with professionals. They, they get feedback. Steppers, if you only get feedback from your team, how much training are you really getting after a while? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm kind of caught up in the martial arts world right now. Mm-hmm. And MMA was born in large part because <clears throat> all these different branches of martial arts were fighting over which one was like the best and the Gracie family learned um, jiu-jitsu in Japan Mm -hmm. brought it to Brazil perfected it and then they brought it to the states and they're like this is the best and all these other people were like no it's not Mm -hmm. and then so MMA happened and they were like yes it is which is kind of cool but like where where do you draw the line between competition and a healthy, growing, over like um, community at large, like a stepping community at large? Because you obviously like anyone who's interested in it, especially with things like step, because it's not that mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like you want anyone who's interested in it to do it and then to develop and grow, because that benefits everybody involved. Where's the where do you draw the line between let me teach you everything I know mm-hmm. and I need to keep this because this is like what makes our team what it is and this is what makes us special. I think that uh, well one <coughs> um, I'm a part of a community dance team in New York. Uh, it's Outburst Dance Company, and um, it's a part of the community that was born from. America's Best Dance Crew and and teams on the West Coast that would host and dance in competitions. Hmm. And the things that they keep to themselves are during competition season, you don't share your set. You don't share the songs that you're performing. You don't share the formations. You don't share your theme until competition day. Hmm. Um, But you're still taking class with other teams and other dancers. You're still going to workshops the same way that they're going to them. You know, you're still learning choreography that's not in the set. So there are ways to, there are ways to teach each other steps and routines without sharing the specific routine or set that you're doing at competition. I think that steppers have a little bit of difficulty doing that because, as as exciting as it is that um, my former high school team is doing steps that I created twelve years ago. That also means that that's probably they're using a couple of steps, the same steps in competition. So the the quantity of, of steps and combos that you have available is probably limited. Hmm. And so I think that uh, the fear of someone using the same rhythm and making it better or using the moves in a different way to make it look better can intimidate people. You know, um, I'm a fan of, of one of the things I love about music is that it's so diverse in how you can play the instruments. 
the step is the same way. You can have one rhythm if it's like a bass, bass, hi-hat, but how you articulate the rhythm in your body can change. So if a team knows how to make that move look more aesthetically pleasing, that team might get more points, even though you created or you Hmm. were an originator for that rhythm. So that's where the art comes in. Exactly. That's the artistic Mm -hmm. evaluation of it. Right. The way I see step is that step teams uh, or stepping itself goes on a spectrum between auditory and visual. Wow. A lot of step teams, um, if it's the auditory is obviously the rhythm itself. Mm Mm-hmm. The visual is the lines and the the movement that you use. And a step team, depending on its training and its history, will fall in between that. So a lot of teams who focus heavy on rhythm will have really strong polyrhythms and will be able to change their beats really, really fast and move at really fast paces, but they might not have full arm extensions. Whereas a team that uses full arm extensions might not step as fast as people who are focusing on being auditory, you know? It's Mm. like a drum line in that sense. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. How much, like, um, external physical training or conditioning do you see among steppers? Like, are there people, like, training like boxers, you know, like getting up and just hitting cardio and fast twitch muscles? (laughs) I'm pretty sure that there are. Um, I think that in order to do a lot of steps that I've seen, you don't need to be in the best physical condition. Mm. I think the teams that win have members who are in better physical shape because of stamina. They can step for longer. They can reach stronger lines. So obviously physical fitness will help you, but there are definitely people who are out of shape who I can see like bodying steps with no issue. Right. Because they're aware of the rhythm. Like, how do you get better at step? You exactly. do step. You like, do step. You do step. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. And then your body, like, takes the form of whatever your step is. Exactly. That's yeah. so cool. You get used to, You get used to finding a way to stomp or hit louder or make the moves because you start adjusting and recognizing what your body can and cannot do. So if I know that I'm a heavy set person who doesn't know how to split, I'm not going to drop into a split in the middle <laughs> of a step. I'm going to yeah. do a different move that's going to be just as flashy or just as impressive but not that specific move right right because that's what you bring exactly i love that it's like if especially within the context of a competition or a team if you're like a cast exactly yeah and that's your role to play exactly i I like that a lot um so you you hold workshops classes i do you do do you still do the video classes i do um i'm still building a bigger volume of, of videos and I'm working on making the um, the presentation of them more aesthetically pleasing so that it's easier for people who go to the page to find a video and work with it because um, mm-hmm. there are obviously when you're training in any kind of style of art there's definitely uh, techniques that you can learn and so I'm working on a way to make uh, make it more accessible to say, hey, if you're looking to build this certain technique, you can look at these videos. If you're looking to develop this uh, ability, look at these videos, as opposed to it just being blanket, beginner, intermediate, advanced. I really want to make it a, a, I want to make it as um, structured as possible. Um, I think that's one thing that I've learned working with students is that scaffolding or creating tiers for how 
people learn makes a difference in their growth. You want to focus on how a student learns. Not all students learn the same way. Mm-hmm. So if you give them multiple ways to learn, uh, you give them a better chance of learning what you want them to learn in the yeah. first place. Okay, so how did you find so many <clears throat> different sources for you to learn what, what you are now like teaching to others? Um, so YouTube, like what, where did you every, start? Uh, every step team uh, has a, a lot of step teams, they use nicknames. Uh, the team that I was on in, in Brooklyn Tech High School, we use nicknames based on your stepping and like how you looked as a stepper. And the name that I got was the ninja. And, um, that was, I was one of the rare, the rare members who was allowed to name themselves. Um, I think I earned it by being a strong stepper on the team and being dedicated. One of the reasons that I named myself the Ninja was because I was really into Naruto at the time. And so it just that manifested itself whenever I was at practice. I was always yeah. saying quotes from the from the anime or the manga. Yeah. Um, but one of the reasons I also it allowed <laughs> to pass through my coach and my captain was that I paid very close attention to how to learn. I paid close attention to how they taught. I placed. I played. I paid close attention to how uh, how they taught the style that they moved. I paid attention to the details, and I forced myself to teach myself in different ways, um, hmm. not just visually. Sometimes I'd close my eyes and uh, just listen to the rhythm. Sometimes I'd put like three fingers on the ground while they were stepping, so that I could sort of um, triangulate where their rhythms were coming from. And for some people, it looked really silly just seeing me squat, putting three fingers on the ground. But in my mind, it was a visual way for me to focus what I was hearing. You know, like the beat would come, right. like the beat was coming from here. I could sense that they were in a certain direction from where I was coming from, or it just made their movements make sense in my head. So that when they were moving, I could replicate or imitate or duplicate what they were doing. And by duplicating and imitating enough steppers and enough styles, I was able to start to develop my own. And of course, I, then I started incorporating dance, music, um, and just kept going from there, trying to absorb as much rhythm and music and uh, visual art mm-hmm. as I could. This may be a weird question, but yeah. like, do you have any visuals or do you see anything or do you go any to like to any weird places when you're stepping? Sometimes. Um, I was also a fan of The Last Airbender, or Avatar The Last Airbender, not the one that was released in theaters. Yes. But the yes. Nickelodeon one. Yes. And um, when I step, a lot of the time, I'll imagine it as if I'm like breaking the floor, or if I'm uh, lifting rocks or releasing fire or moving water. Or if I'm spinning in the air, I can see a wisp of wind moving. And that uh, gives my motion and movement intent. And I think that's a big difference between somebody who is can consider themselves a performer and someone who is just playing. Because if you're a performer, intent is one of the most powerful things that you have on the stage. And it's not forceful intent, it's intent in all aspects. Right. If you're soft, in a, if you have to be soft, be soft intentionally 
don't just be blank, yeah, you know, or a blank canvas. And so it's about impact. Exactly. You so don't have to mind, be hard to leave yeah, an impact, right? Exactly. So in my mind, when I'm moving, I'm moving with a purpose. When I do my moves, and if you're stepping, you have to because if you, if you slap yourself without knowing that that's going to happen, you can like cause injury. So when right. I teach, when I teach people, I, I tell them that you know you're. You want to make your wrists very strong because if you just propel your hands into each other, you're gonna break something, or you'll sprain something. Yeah. So. Is there a technique for like clapping? Oh yeah, plenty. Because you can just because I can clap, mm-hmm. but if yeah. I were to clap hard, perform right. it like for a performative, yeah. like I could that that would hurt. Yeah, I would bruise exactly. my thumb meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a there's a uh, a team or an organization that celebrated its 25th year this year, Step Africa. They're kind of known as the go-to people in the country for learning about the history of step and um, history from other cultural uh, performances that they that they learned or developed from in Africa. Um, and one of the things that they did with with uh, clapping is that they created octatory, or they created the uh, the pitches for an order of how you clap. So depending on how you clap, you can clap a high sound or a low sound or a middle sound. But I think they were actually able to develop the sequence for how to clap to make mm-hmm. it go from like low to high. So if you were starting low, you could clap and then and you can uh-huh. hear it. So in the middle of a step, you're not just slapping. You can change the sound and that sound will change how you feel the rhythm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So because this is an audio podcast, yeah. like what Jeff is doing is cupping his hands uh-huh. in a C shape. You actually probably would be better at explaining what this is. Let's see, I'll try this. Uh, this is my first, this will be my first time explaining this, but um, cupping your hands and then when you close it, you'll make that thud sound like this. And then if you just use the meat of your fingers or the meat of your palm, it'll be higher and it'll sound like this. So if you go from cupping your hands to slowly spreading your hand out to the point where you're um, expanding your fingers backwards to make your palm as exposed as possible, you can go from a low sound to an extremely high sound. So you can go, so if I start with a low sound like this, and then I slowly open my hand, you can hear the change. And then if you get mm-hmm. high enough, and I won't do it here because I don't want to blow the mic, but if you clap your, <laughs> if you clap your hand in a certain way, you can make like a, a whiplash sound. Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Oh, do it? Okay, yeah. let's see. So this would be a low clap, right? And this would be a high clap. Oh, that's not high. Sorry, this is a high one. No, you can go higher. No, wow, I'm off right now. This is low. There we go. So that that perfect oh, yeah. sound will be there as opposed to low. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Wow, I never thought about that. Yeah. But sometimes as a joke, yeah. <laughs> I'll clap like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the, the slow clap, like the, oh yeah, really good job. Yeah. <laughs> or when you like, you know, oh, yeah, when you, you dab go somebody to up, dab yeah. somebody and it's like that. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those yeah. things where as more, as experienced as you get, as, as you gain more experience as a stepper, um, you start to hear rhythm differently. You're not just hitting this part of your body just to hit it you're hitting it because it's making a certain sound mm. so when steppers teach you'll hear, hear them say like bass tt bass tt or boom kaka boom kaka because they know in their mind how they learned it was this sound and then this sound this sound and then this sound so 
that comes with experience. Okay, so writing on experience, mm-hmm. and because I said this earlier, I value your time. I want to prove that we're almost done. I'm gonna ask you two more questions. Fire away. Is that okay? That's fine. Cool, cool. I'm happy to be here. Okay, I'm happy to have you here. Truly, this is the best our living room has ever looked. <laughs> um, so my first question out of the last two is. Speaking of experience, mm-hmm. let's say, and, and I don't want to assume that you're not already there, mm-hmm. but let's say you fast forward in 20 years, however long it is, and you've reached your ultimate dream position as far as stepping goes. And I say position because I don't want to say job because let's say you're in a, a position where mm-hmm. you're you're funding yourself teaching step, but it's mm-hmm. not your job. You're just stepping in. Somehow that's working, right? right? Like, what's your ultimate scenario? Mm, that's a good question. Because on pay, like, before you, before you answer, yeah. like, if I were living in Chattanooga, mm-hmm. Tennessee, which is where I'm from, and I was on Instagram and followed you, mm-hmm. and and like saw all the stuff you're doing, I'd be like, whoa! If I was a stepper here. Mm-hmm. And dreamed about my ultimate scenario. That's what it would be. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean. So, but you're here, and I know you have dreams. Yeah, like, where do you want to be? What do you want to do? Well, right now, the goal for twenty years would be. Personally, it would it would get to a point where, uh, there are. So many people that, in so many places in the world, where people know. If they want to learn how to step, they can go to this school. They can go to this person. They can go to this program and learn how to step. If you go, if you want to learn ballet, you go to, there are certain schools will put, that people will say, oh, this is the place you must go. Hmm. If you want to learn a street style of dance, there are certain teachers that people say, you must learn from this teacher. Uh, for example, if you wanted to learn how to crump, Mm-hmm. you would go to tie-dyes because tie-dyes is the founder. It's one of the founders of Crump, so you would want to go to him. Right. If you're in New York City and you want to learn, uh, you want to learn how to become a better dancer in urban choreography or hip-hop, you would go to someone like Candace Brown because how she teaches choreography will make you a better dancer. Um, if you want to learn how to step, you go to... And that's where the, right now, that's where the conversation ends. Because most people say, oh, I don't know. There aren't super, super famous people. And by famous, I mean, like, those are the two go people. The people you go to to learn, that doesn't exist right now. And if it does, it exists in a community community that already knows how to step. Hmm. But mm-hmm. there are household names for, like, if I say Juilliard, people who don't know anything about Art will know that Juilliard is a school that you go to. If I say, you know, and those names, you know, they, people in the in our generation right now are fans of knocking down long established things and poking holes into institutions because rightly so, those institutions have failed people that go to them many times. And that's unfortunate. But part of the reason some of these institutions were built was because they were just that good. Hmm. Juilliard was and still arguably is that good. People still go there. Alvin Ailey is that good. 
And so the idea is that in 20 years, if you go to step with Jeff, you go because it's just that good. And hopefully it becomes more than just my name. Um, right now this year, I'm actually going to be testing out other steppers under my name mm. and have them host workshops under Step With Jeff because I think I'm at a point where if I say that it's a Step With Jeff workshop, people will come because they know the caliber of teaching or the, hopefully the caliber of stepping that I can provide. So if I can put other steppers under it, they can hopefully build their names too. Step Step With Jeff is bigger than Jeff. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. Is that it gets associated with what stepping is really about the quality of the movement and the rhythm while paying respect to the culture because you can't see it in the audio but i am not black nor was i a part of a historically black greek letter organization but i love stepping and so i don't it would not be right of me to ignore the cultural aspect which is why i don't do certain things in my instagram feed because while i was taught how to do it like that I don't want to be seen as the token Asian who's trying to appropriate black culture. Right. So the way I, the, the, <laughs> the style in which I try to pay respect to that history is by making sure that I'm teaching the craft correctly yes. in its art form and hopefully also providing some cultural context so that when people come, um, they learn properly. Can I learn from you? Yeah. Like a begin beginner course. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Where would I go to find that information? You would go to Step With Jeff, um, the Instagram. Okay. Um, if I'm hosting classes in the city, I'll post up a post that gives the date, time, and location of where the workshop will be. Um, and my inbox is available for private lessons or for team lessons. I'm actually I'm super excited for April. Um, I'm spending my birthday teaching a team who's flying in from another city specifically to train with me oh that's cool they found my instagram yes they liked what i did and their coach was like hey yeah we're visiting the city we'd like to spend time training intensively with you for three hours every every day for three days because we want you to teach us how to step there it is i didn't reach out like i didn't know who they were they just followed my Instagram, saw the videos, and from that, they decided that I was qualified to teach them. And Step with Jeff is bigger than Jeff. Yeah, and if that's not a humbling experience, Yo. I don't know what it is. There are some videos that I posted, bro. Like, there was a teacher from Spain who learned a piece. There was somebody from Mexico who reached out saying, hey, I love your what? work. And then I started laughing because I was like, my step has my stepping has reached more countries and cities than I have. Yeah, it's been to more cities and countries than I have. But wow, the fact that that happened is kind of just it's unreal. And it's not even to a point where it's like it's not about right now. It's not about the the follower count or that total. Although yeah. the yeah. goal would be that because then I could reach more people. But just simply the fact that it happened at this level already is kind of just like okay so I'm, I'm doing something that's making a real impact I'm yes. making a difference yes so well thanks for your impact here yeah I really appreciate it um so right before we go mm -hmm. this was the question of the day that I was t going back I was waffling <laughs> you were waffling between between. <laughs> nice bringing it all together yeah, bring it all to together the, to the yeah if you had to be an element, earth, 
water, wind, fire. Mm -hmm. What element would you be and why? Fire. And so a lot of people would associate uh, stepping with earth, you know, because if you're stepping into the ground, you're making sound, thunderous sound. If you watched Avatar, The Last Airbender, the earthbenders would be the ones stomping and hitting. Uh, the airbenders would be the ones pushing air, and the waterbenders would be moving water. But fire was the only element that was being bended, or that was bent, bended, yeah. that was bent from within. There was energy that was being released. You had to create the fire. You could bend fire if you wanted to, but for the most part, firebenders had to manifest fire from their chi and expel it. And the stronger the firebender was, the more fire they could expel. If an earthbender, and it was shown in one of the episodes, if an earthbender didn't have access to earth, well, they couldn't bend it. If a waterbender didn't have access to water, they couldn't bend it. If an airbender theoretically had no air, what could they bend? But a firebender, in the absence of heat, or in the absence of something, could still manifest fire. And so as a stepper, that's how I see it. In the absence of floor, in the absence of space, in the absence of... Um, anything I should still be able to manifest and create a step that's lit right yo Jeff Mike the ninja sir thank you thank you I really enjoyed this me too man this is really cool yeah this is my first time uh, being interviewed like this so I'm really thankful and it's not your last no hopefully uh, yeah on wood. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Thank you. And hopefully there will be more that uh, the listeners can check out. Yeah. Take a class from you. Maybe sure. we can see some cameras in there. Yeah, for sure. All right. I'd be happy to do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Done. Okay. Dude, much love. Yeah, Thank man. you. This is so cool. Wow. Yeah. Anything else you want to say or do? I'm just excited. Uh, we could go full circle and you could beat us out. I could. Here, I'll teach you. You don't have to. It. Oh. So you're going to use your right hand as a fist. You'll use your left hand. and Oh, we can even time this. Let's see. Go for a minute. So you're going to use your you right hand to? as a fist, left hand. Oh, let's see. We're just going to mentally start. So let's right, like, right. go. Use your right hand as a fist, left hand as a, as a, ba as a hi-hat. So you're going you're gonna, to um, beat your fist down once, and then you're going to beat your left hand down for the slap once. So you're going to go right, left, five, six, seven, eight, right, left. Five, six, seven, eight, right, left. Then you're gonna go right, right, left. Okay. Five, six, seven singles first. Go right, left, right, right, left. Good. So we're gonna do that three times. Okay. Then the last one is you're gonna go. Uh, you're gonna turn both your hands into fists, and yep. you're gonna go one, two, three, four, and then slap both your hands down. Okay. So With we're that gonna, timing. Mm -hmm. okay. So we're gonna repeat the right, left, right, right, left three times, and then after the last one, you're gonna go right. Left, right, right, left, right, left, right, right, left, right, left, right, right, left, right, left, da 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 da. Try five, six, seven, eight, and right, left, right, right, left again, right, left, right, last button, right, left, just the right, left, right, left. And I think that took 60 seconds. Yeah, dude, this is awesome. All right, we're done. See you guys. This is so cool. Yeah.